It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Hello! This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, I think, with well, your host. Yeah, that was, I just gotta, I just gotta say, Cheryl, that was a rather rough landing. Yeah, thanks. A rough this start. is Chucky G, we got Karen Frazier, and the producer who doesn't pay attention, Miss Cheryl Knight-Wilson. Who, who's talking long. And so then I was going to go, three, two, one! <laughs> yeah, that's how I get my cues, folks. Well, well you know, the other day I was gonna see this bird, and, oh, three, two, one, go, Chuck! What? What the? Hello, everyone. <laughs> You're lucky I could do it on the fly that fast. Good thing he didn't pop that beer yet. Oh, my God. I was like, what the hell is going on? All right, we're on the air. We're on the air. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello all the listeners. Hello. 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 Hello, mates. And everybody else behind the scenes is drinking, so we're all inebriated and drunk. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, sure. had, I had one cocktail. <laughs> there she goes to the high voice again. I want cocktail. I can't even do that. <clears throat> Ow. Oh, that hurts. I can't do that. I made. Do that I anymore. made. I made. I made. <laughs> and she did my voice. I made one cocktail. And you saw. I spilled half of it. Yeah, I did. You spilled it right on your boobs. My boobs. Yep. That's okay. So, anyways, hello everyone. How is everyone today? Are we all good? Are we all hanging in there? Are Isn't you it? talking to us? I'm talking to you guys. I'm looking right at you. Oh, well, it's hard to know. I thought maybe you were looking at Cheryl or the oh. listeners. Oh, or no, I'm not talking to Cheryl after that little bump in the road there. I'm just ignoring it. Just, it was a little oh. bit of a bumpy takeoff. Oh. We're and fine. Cheryl, what does Cheryl have? Now, Cheryl has a what? A, is it a margarita? She oh has a God. margarita. I'm so sorry, folks. Everyone's an alcohol but me. me I will stay on my lemonade. <gasps> oh, Chad put, salt, Chad put salt on the rim and everything. Oh, it's oh, so good. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Anyways, before we all, before everybody gets drunk and forgets what we're doing, this is a, a paranormal radio live show, and uh, we are doing coast uh, hosts and you know guests and stuff like that. So our yeah, guest Darryl, this evening, Darryl Berry. Darryl yeah, Darrell Berry, Darrell Berry Jr. And uh, I think the book I just got was "Forgive and Be Free," or "Forgiving People Who Believe That Earth Is Flat: A Course in Miracles and Practice Practice Series," Book One. Well, I could use some work on forgiveness lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, so, sometimes we all can, right? Daryl, I, mean, I know you're listening. I need your mm-hmm. help. Inner peace, baby. Inner peace. Uh, um, by the way, Daryl, uh, you owe me 41 cents. Just what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. You sent me. You a know what, Daryl? I would like to thank cents. you because I, I hear <laughs> that yeah. Chuck and Cheryl's books both arrived postage due. Mine yeah. did not, so thank yeah. you. What? What's? What's? <laughs> What's with that deal, man? Oh, special privileges for you. You don't have to pay your 41 cents, only we do. I'm very special. You're, you're, I'm sorry, did you say you're very special? I, that's, <laughs> that's right, because I had my, my, my raspberry basil lemon drop. And it's raspberry basil lemon. Did you say lemon drop? Lemon drop. A raspberry basil okay, gotcha. lemon drop. I know. We know, Daryl, that it was the yes. post office and not you and that they stink and we need help forgiving them. Well, Chuck does. <laughs> it's okay, Daryl. I still love you, buddy. It's quite all right. I got the book for free. You sent it for free. I'm not complaining. That's right. 41, I- cents, 41 cents for a book. It's all good, man. 
I know. I was confused because I got this envelope on this. It says 41 cents and the post office lady's name. I'm like, what? Does she want me to just give her money? I'm not really sure what this meant. So it's a shakedown. Shake it down, man. They're shaking me down for 41 what cents. Do they, what do they do to you if you don't put the 41 cents in the envelope? Do they know. just eat it? Do they come after you? Do, you, do they send yeah. a kid on a bike that says, I want my $2? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you hear that. On the door. I know you're in there, Gopsky. I want my 41 cents right now. I want my two dollars. My two dollars. I love that movie. Man. What is that? It's a, a John Cusack movie. Yeah, this is a John Cusack. Um, oh God, what's the name better, of the movie? Better off dead, isn't it? Better off dead. That's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> I want Jason my two dollars. And so that's going to happen if you don't give the mail lady her forty. Yeah. Yeah, or she'll be waiting out in the bushes, and I'll go to go to work, and she'll conk me in the head and take my wallet and take her dollar out of there. Or <laughs> the cops, you'll be hauled off to jail. Be hauled okay. off to Pokey. Yeah, that's why Mr. Gasky is a federal offense. You owe 41 cents. It's, like, it's like, you know what you say? Dude, I didn't mail it. I'm not the one who sent it. I didn't ask for this. Here's heck, Darryl, his name is Daryl Barry. Here's his address. You go get him. Yeah, I'll give you his phone number. You. He'll, he'll forgive you. Yeah, he'll forgive you. He has inner peace. He has inner peace. He'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Daryl, we're not making fun of you. We love you. That's right. He knows me. He knows I'm crazy. So, big, big, exciting haps. What do we have coming up in two weeks? Oh. Oh. I think it's the 300th show. I think it's the 300th episode. 300th show. 300th episode. So, Cheryl, are we telling people what we're doing with it? Yes. Please tell them. (laughs) Well, so, um, Chuck and I decided that we're going to make it all about us. Yeah, why not? We're special screw you, too. Hey. Screw you, listeners. It's about you us. We, are, I, we, I, are. we wanted to make it all about the listeners, but we couldn't figure out how to do it, so we made it about us. <laughs> yeah, it's only because it was easier. See? It's all it's nothing so to do with what we um, special. Chuck and I will not be hosting our 300th show, um, nor will Cheryl. We will be the guests on the show that evening, as will Chad. And hosting will be our good friends, um, Nicole Strickland, who has co-hosted this show before, and and been a guest and um patrick keller of the big seance podcast so they are going to be taking over as hosts for the oh. evening and um we have all sorts of little snippets of fun and we may even we don't know yet but we may expand the show to a third hour and play a special interview but we we don't know for sure yet we have to. We have to iron out. We have to iron out hammer all out the stuff. And hammer out. We the have energy. to hammer out the D's. Hammer out the D's. All right, there you go. So, Chad, I hear that yeah. you got stood up because you were a psychic. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, let's just talk about that. Yes, yeah. Uh, on my bio, it said, uh, "Well, I, I'm no longer on this particular site. I will not say the name it's of it." A dating, a dating site. Yeah, I was. You know, I figured I'd try for one. Finally, someone was in the, in the neighborhood. I said, "Hey, neighbor, let's get together." Blah blah. She said, "Okay." And then what happened is, in the next day, um, I said, are, "Are we going?" And I heard nothing. So okay, so she's gone. So uh, like three or four or five days later she comes back and, and I, I go well it's okay you probably didn't want to date me whatever blah 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 I'm sorry you know it's okay it's all good so then she comes back and says oh no I had fallen or something at Target hurt myself blah 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 I've fallen I said, and I can't yeah. get up yeah so I said oh do you want to reset it up she said sure so I said okay so the, the day of it I go out and buy I, I went and bought clothes the day before make sure I look pretty um I got ahead all at work getting all ready five minutes before I gotta leave I get the the thing going oh 
I just relooked at your bio and it says you're a psychic medium, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to cancel. I can't. Uh, I can't meet you. That was it. So who wants to date somebody that close-minded? Not me. I mean, who it was apparently like, who apparently has bad balance. <laughs> well, it's like I was like, uh, but that's just a small bit of who I am. I'm a person. I'm still Chuck, and I'm funny, and I think I'm funny. I'm a person, I'm, yeah. But some people are uncomfortable with the whole psychic medium thing. Yeah, so well, you know, they just gotta get over it because you know, some people can be uncomfortable. People go to church, and some people are comfortable about being a plumber and whatever. You know, just quit judging people, man. Just have some inner peace and love everyone. Come on. Have some That's goddamn inner peace. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You said that. Yeah, you said that was your tone of voice, though, is would you just mm, get some goddamn inner peace? Whatever. Oh, my God. It's like, whatever. I'm like, Be zen it out. Like zen me. it out. No, it's okay. I, I, I respect the fact that it made her uncomfortable, and that's okay. I just wish I'd have known sooner, you know, before, before you bought later. clothes. Yeah, and all that hey, stuff. But it's Chuck, okay. Chuck, yeah. yeah. Those clothes will come in handy. Yes, they will. And I do look handsome in them, I might add. So you, you Jim go. has the exact same shirt. <laughs> We're like two peas in the pod, I'm telling you. So if That's you come cool. out here again, don't bring mm-hmm. that shirt because you guys might accidentally show up wearing the same thing. And oh, and yeah. then I would take the picture and say who wore it best. <laughs> well, great. It's going to be your husband because he's your husband. Oh. You can't say I did because it would Gerald, you know your mic's on. Is, your mic's hot. I know. Well, Chad was telling me to tell Chuck to go to psychicpeoplemeet.com. Oh, there, I'm like, there's one of those? Is that real? And he said no. I was disappointed. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Chad, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Right do, you head, want, do you want to be involved with another psychic? Because I knew this couple, right? And they were both mm-hmm. um, psychics. Or they mm-hmm. said they were both psychics. Yeah. And they would play these, uh, like, they would have fights about, like, who is the most psychic. Kian Moose oh. psychic, Jim and I, I call it. Well, I don't want to do that. I, I like to find someone like-minded, you know, and that at least is, it understands the field. She could be different. She could just be a tarot card reader. She could be yeah, a... Yeah, but you know, Cheryl, and I are, Cheryl and I are already married. You need to get over us, Jack. <sighs> Someday, I will have a woman. Oh, that sounded wrong. It's not like a caveman. Sorry. Someday, I will meet a companion. Someday. How's that? Real quick, before we go into the news, we must say hi yes. to our chat peoples. We have, okay. of course, our guest, Daryl E. Berry hey, Jr. Party people. Tom, hey, Tom Gott in chat. Tom and Gott. Barb, too. Barb yes, Gott. Barb Gott. Uh, Rob St. Helen and Bree. Surprise Bree! guest appearance oh. in the chat room by Bree Larkin. Oh. Hi, Bree. Bree, you need to be here in two weeks because... You were here for show number one. Seriously. And you really need to listen to show number 300 because yeah, you were part of the show from the start, man. Yeah. Hi, Bree. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you back in there. All right. This is awesome. All right. Right. Well, you know, she has she she has a, a, a toddler. So yes, I know. And she's a busy lady. Hard, I see it's hard to find the time to, to do this. To us. Silly guys babbling on the air. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's the same. They're still talking about the same crap. Why did I just start listening again anyways? Paranormal blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys really sell the show. Way to go. Oh, yeah. I know. We're terrible. (laughs) We like the worst advertisements ever. All right. Go ahead. Let's just get right into the thing. Can we just roll that thing? Thank you. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder. It's time for news of the strange. <laughs> All righty. Our first one up. 
Jury dismissed from trial. Juror dismissed from trial claims a visit by victim's ghost. This comes from CalgaryHerald.com. Perhaps if they had inquired about the eventual verdict, participants in the Lucas Strasser Heard homicide trial could have avoided been avoided more than a month of evidence. Just one day into the multi-week trial on May 5th, an unidentified female juror indicated to Justice Glenn Pullman she was no longer able to remain impartial in the case. In a letter she sent to the Court of Queen Bench Judge, read into the court recorded by him, the juror explained she couldn't go on after hearing Crown lawyer Marlo McGregor's outlining the prosecution's case the previous day. I was presented with information that evening on May 4th which I feel directly impacts my ability to act as a juror member on this case with an unbiased opinion, the juror said in her note to Pullman. I have a gift of being an intuitive medium, and although I do not believe this gift would impact my ability to provide judgment on this case based solely on the facts presented before me in court, I am wrong, she said. The unnamed woman then told Pullman she could, ex- she could explain to him what a medium is if he wished. I can describe it as an ability to hear, feel, sense those that have died or whom are around or have been born, she said, before explaining a current impact, her impartiality. Last night, the deceased, the deceased's presence himself to me and made me feel what he went through as he was being killed, the intensity of his injuries and the location of the wounds. He also showed me information related to those who beat, stabbed, and kicked him. I cannot get those horrible images out of my mind. I feel what he felt, she explained. I hear what he heard. I kept repeating the, he kept repeating the phrase, I'm sorry, I am so sorry. Please tell my family I am sorry. The woman then explained she wasn't asking Pullman to believe in the paranormal. She said, sir, I am not asking that you believe in what I experienced last night, but I ask that you believe in how this has affected me on a personal, mental, and physical level. It was and never has been my intention to retract my ability to fulfill the juror's role or come into court with a bias. But at this point, I feel I can no longer act as a member of this jury fairly and without bias towards the accused. With the agreement of counsel, Pullman excused the woman from further service. Uh, Charged with secondary murder in the Strasser Heard, November 23rd, 2013. Slangs are Frank, it says Franz Cabrera, Jordan Leo, Jack Polks, and Asher Shalah. The remaining jurors are now deliberating this case. So she was saying because, you know, she was contacted by the energy of the person who was killed in the case, and because the prosecution was laying in a certain way, she knew differently. So uh, would you do the same if it was you? I mean, if you got that, I mean, if you felt you got the information like that? Yeah, you would have to. Mm -hmm. Yes, I thought. I I felt felt that was a very cool story. Yeah, I mean, you would have to. How could you? How could you not? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So, and I like the way that she said that you know you don't you don't have to believe in the paranormal or anything, but you know you have to if you believe in me and I this is what I believe in, then you know so they they would let her go ahead and come out of it. So I thought it was cool. Okay, now here we were talking about the Conjuring two, weren't we? This is a story that's been going around. Man dies in cinema while watching the Conjuring two, and the body goes missing. Okay, I heard this before. Okay, so. The body of a 65-year-old man from India who died while watching the movie has since gone missing. The peculiar series of events which occurred at the Syrier, I can't even say a cinema, began when the man started to complain of chest pains near the end of the screening of the popular James Wan horror sequel, The Conjuring 2. The man was rushed to the old government hospital where he was pronounced dead. 
But when his body was later sent for a post-mortem at the medical college hospital, both it and the driver responsible for taking it there mysteriously disappeared without a trace. It's the latest in a series of peculiar incidents surrounding the movie, which have included a woman being possessed in the cinema and a man who returned to his hotel room after watching the film only to find that a mysterious cross had appeared on the bathroom mirror. While some social media users have suggested that these events could be the result of a curse in relation to the movie, it is far more likely that they are either unrelated incidents or some sort of promotional exercise designed to encourage more people to go and see it. What happened to the body of the man in India, however, continues to remain a mystery. So this reminds me of when The Exorcist came out. Well, Poltergeist, there was stuff like that with the movie Poltergeist, too. Yes. Yeah, with Poltergeist, it was... um. Yeah. Uh, all that weird stuff happening on the sets. And, yeah. Uh, yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. And then with the exorcist, it was like people like were vomiting and fainting in the theater because of the. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if I believe that it's a, a real thing or not, uh, or versus you know. Psychosomatic. Psychosomatic. I like that word. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's really it. I mean the other one I had is really too long to go because we you know we have only so much time left. So I will say that is the news for today. I'll save the other one for for next week because it's a good one. So um, yeah, I, 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 it was all about the ghosties today, folks. All, all about-, about the ghost because I'm all about that ghost. About that ghost. No cryptids. Does that how the song goes? Yeah. <laughs> All about that ghost. About that ghost. No cryptids. I like that. There you go. So I know I'm pretty hyped for this uh, 300 show. Though it's gonna be weird, like being on here and not being the host. Don't you think? Not having the control. I think it's gonna be kind of freaky. Um, I have no problem with not having control. The one I'm a little concerned about is the one behind the controls. Oh yes. yes. Well, yeah. If she does that. The Patrick goes. What's your thing on Patrick? He'll be like. Because he's on. not used to it. I keep it interesting. Am I mute? I don't even know. No, oh, you're talking. I don't know. You're not mute. I don't know if you're muted for the for the listeners, but you're not muted for me. Okay. No, no we can hear you. Muted. I can hear you. All right. And really, isn't that all that matters? Yes. That's so it's going to be interesting like, to sit back and then they go, Good evening. This is Paranormal. And I'll be like, I can't say it. Shut up. Don't say it. You're the guest. Don't say it. It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting. And we each had to send our list of um, top five favorite guests. Yes, and did. I know you guys had, you and Cheryl had some overlap and I tried to make mine different. Yes, we did. Because I knew there would be some overlap because I know there is some overlap on my list as well that, but I didn't put him on the list because mm-hmm. I knew you guys both would. And that's tonight's guest is one yes. of our all time favorite. He's one of our top, mm-hmm. one of our top, top five. And I can even call him by name because two of the, Two of the guests I put on my list for Cheryl were like that guy from that time. <laughs> wow. What you describe? And it's a favorite? You don't even know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah but but I would have remembered I would have remembered Daryl Berry because I love saying his name. Daryl Berry. He's on Darryl my Barry. list. He's on Cheryl's list. He's on I know. And he was on my list, but I wanted to add some variety. Here's Karen's list. Here's Karen's list. The guy last week. And then the guy the, guy the week before that. Oh, my God. Are you serious? 
I was in. Here's the deal. I was in. I'm my so car. sorry to the guys that don't have names. No, no, no. I was yes. in my car. We were headed somewhere. I can't even remember where. Uh, I think we were driving Tanner back over to school or something in Ellensburg. So I was in the car when I get this email from Cheryl and. Cheryl knows if I don't email right away, do I ever reply, Cheryl? No, never. It's either an instant reply or you never hear from me again. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the two. So, so I knew I had to reply right away, so I didn't have things to look up. And I'm sure that there would have been more. And who else did I have? I have like Raymond Moody. You do have. Um, you do have Raymond Moody, and then you also you. have Stanton Friedman, and Stanton then you Friedman. have Steve and Amy from the Dead Files. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. my. Yeah, yeah. I Just, hear. What are we doing with those lists? Oh, yeah, you're looking for clips. I am, in theory, going to be putting a ten to ten minute clip uh, segment together of our favorite guests. I and would I, like to add someone. I don't want to diminish any of meaning that all no, of our, we, we love, love all, all of our guests, by the way. And we, oh yeah, definitely. Everybody has yeah. such awesome it was hard valuable to pick information. Five. It was, Definitely it was hard. hard to pick just five, but um, we were forced to I, do it, so we did it, and we're gonna have a clip. I, clip I would we like forced. to. Cheryl forced us. forced us. Can I add someone to my list? Yes, you may. You yes, can you take can. off one of the guys. Okay. Um, I would like to add Lloyd Auerbach to my list. Oh, see, there's just. I mean, you're gonna keep thinking of people to add. I'm just I telling know. you. I'm just telling I you. I know. I would really like to add Lloyd. I mean, no, because here's the thing. There's only been one or two shows where after the show, I've just gone, "Oh my god." What was that? Why did we do that? That was two of the worst hours of my life. I mean, every <laughs> nice. show, it, it's only been one or two shows. That's not that bad, um, actually. And the rest, and for 300 shows, that's not bad at all. And the rest of them, every time, seriously, you guys hear me after the show, I'm just like, oh, my God, he was my favorite. She was my favorite. Yeah. And so it's like. It's so hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, it's like every time I write a new recipe, it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know? Everything's my favorite. It, so. Was that the only ones? Was that the only ones, Cheryl? That you and I uh, like crisscrossed on? On Daryl, on Daryl Berry. Yeah, was that the only ones? It was. It was the only one. Okay. Oh, that's good. So we'll keep it fresh because it'll yeah, be we'll different. Keep it fresh. Did me and Karen crisscross on anyone? You did not. You did not crisscross. Whoa. Yeah. Well, but Stanton Friedman. Part of it was he was our first guest. Um, yeah, yeah, more he guests. was, and we had him on a, uh, one or two other times and the guy is a walking, he's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. He's a walking soundbite. He, everything he says, he says in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Well, last week we had Marie D Jones and she's one of my favorites oh. and she's not on my list because I, I like never talked. Yeah. Well, exactly. How do you pick them? And then we know. had like the, um, the life between lives hypnotherapist. I loved her. Yeah. We had, um, the, Come Ricky- on, how about- the Reiki master that yeah. was Bob's Reiki master and loved her. How about Barbara Shoup with Barbara the Bigfoot? Shoup she was awesome with loved. the dog. Oh, she know. was amazing. I loved like, her. Oh, oh. We can't like we can't pick them all, I suppose, because it would just be like a nine-hour show. Yep. Nine hours. Nine just, hours. We'd just play all of our shows back to back, except for the two <laughs> where I wanted to die during the show, and then those two guests would know it was them. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh well gonna do you know so but hey i'm ready to i'm i am i'm i am ready to talk to daryl i am ready to talk to daryl yeah ready to rock ready to roll all I'm right ready to, uh, yeah. ready to something something and lose control yeah something and something it's and a music it. it's a song it's in oh. my head okay. one of my dogs is whining yeah. outside Talks the good. door so 
Um, well, then why don't we go to break so that we can talk to Daryl Lee Berry? Sure. Yes. Sure. All right. So stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark here on MixLR. Uh, and we will be back in just a minute with Daryl Lee Berry. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of hauntedshirtclub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. Hauntedshirtclub.com, right? Yep, that's it. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual-compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So parents, why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, in the asking you to please stop the text, and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Thank you. 
So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hello, this is Nolan Ethan, and you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and the lovely, evervescent Karen Frazier. Hi, Karen. I'm trying, I'm trying to swallow and quit. I know you are. I was trying I, to stretch I, it out really long. I was, eating, I was eating a pistachio and <laughs> I realized I put it in and then I thought, well, that was stupid because Cheryl's counting us down. <laughs> there you go. So what? we're back now and we have a, a lovely, handsome gentleman with me. Can I say lovely and handsome in the same thing? Yeah, sure I can, right? It's Daryl E. Berry Jr. Hi, Daryl. How's it going? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? We're doing good. Man, you're like a regular on the show, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're just you're like, like, it's like I love it. I'm glad to be back. You kind of just have your own. You have your own chair, you know. Whenever you just pop on, we're good. Daryl, Daryl's coming. Get the chair out. Set it up for him. There we go. Right, and and Daryl has a new book. I know he does. It's called "Forgive and Be Free," or "Forgiving People Who Believe the Earth Is Flat: A Course in Miracles in Practice Series," book number one. I've read about three quarters of it so far. I think I'm up to. Hang on, I can tell you where I'm up to. I, I didn't start the seven no more useless journeys yet, so I'm right about there. So, but I awesome. mean, I have I have read about I have read it. I, I I think I get the gist of the inner piece because that's what I'm working towards. So me um, too. But we're gonna you know what? It's not, it's not about what I think. We're gonna talk about what Daryl thinks. Cause well, he, okay. So can I start off? You can go whatever, man. I'll sit back. Oh, so, Daryl, no. I usually I I find that after a period, I am great at forgiving. So, but in the first couple of weeks after whatever has happened, it's like a persistent thought. It's almost like a loop in my mind. This person pisses me off. This person has done this to me, this person. But after that, I, and even in meditation and stuff, I find that pervading into the meditation for about a two week period. And then all of a sudden it's like, (sighs) so is that two week period kind of normal? Or is there something that I can do to shorten that or make that go away? Well, one thing that has to be understood about judgment is that it never has to do with what we're judging. And that's one of the things that the Course tips us on to. Whatever we judge in the world, it really is an excuse that we're using to hide ourselves from the fact of the, really the self-hatred that we have inside, which that is really is. based upon the belief that we're separate from God, which is right. why we keep judging over and over and over. You know, one, one of the uh, most... Um, illustrative uh, instances of judgment that, that lets us know how invested we are in judgment is is how we can, I'm sure you've seen this before or, or experienced it, where a person, let's say, uh, you see someone walking by and uh, and you're like, nice hair. And, and they get upset because they thought they were having a bad hair day. And they actually took what you said as, a, as an insult. I've seen that happen before. And it could be anything. So the fact is, it doesn't really matter what it is. And until we get in touch with the unconscious aspect or source of the guilt, it'll never go away. 
So what the Course is teaching us to do is to recognize that whatever it is that we judge in the way of words that it says, you're never upset for the reason you think. You're never upset for the reason you think. And what the Course does, it, it, it basically tips us on to the fact that we basically have two different sides of our mind. One it calls the ego, one it calls the Holy Spirit. Uh, the ego is based upon separation. And right. what the ego wants, it, it wants us to judge because judgment makes separation real. It doesn't matter what we're judging. So right. uh, 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 if we judge something and two months later we're not judging it anymore and we think that, you know, we're in a good state now, but we, hasn't, but we haven't undone that judgment, the next thing we judge is really the same judgment. So it's not really about what we're, what, what we're judging at all. So that's actually the first step. If you want to experience inner peace, the first step is to recognize that whatever we're judging is really irrelevant. That's just a scapegoat. It's just an excuse. It's really a choice that we're making inside. Sure. And that one choice is always the source of all the guilt that we have. And I do realize that. So does it mean it just that two weeks seems to be the time that it takes for my ego to get out of the way? Well, I mean, the way it works is the, the, the ego wants us to be, uh, believe that we're happy. So if we're upset all the time, then we're going to want to do something about it. So one of, the, one of the reasons that allows people to go through their lives without committing suicide most of the time is because they have something to, to lean on. Whether it's video games or, or, or alcohol or, or, or I just wonder why he says alcohol. I just uh -huh. was one drink. It was I mean, one drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a common one, you know? No, uh, I know. Uh, I uh, you know, whatever exercise. it is. Exercise. Yeah. Or exercise or food or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So what we, what, what it does is, uh, uh, it pushes it down back into the unconscious so we can have a bit of relief and think everything is going okay. But then it comes back up again. So, you know, the people who, who think that their lives are going really well, like you see all the, the people that are rich and famous and all this stuff, if they really believe they're happy, they're falling into a trap. All, all that ends up being is a very effective way to bury the pain that's always there all the time. So actually, when something makes us upset, it's really a gift if we know how to deal with it, because again, that pain is always there, is always in the unconscious. A way to under, a, a good example of that is the fact is there's people, Robin Williams. I mean, you'd think he'll be the happiest guy in the world. I mean, basically, his living was making people laugh, but obviously, he was very upset. You know, I, you know, and 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 I look into that. Like, if you look into famous people and rich people, a lot of the times they're just as upset as everybody else, and they have everything that that uh uh. uh People would think would make everybody like the happiest and never be happy at all, uh, upset at all. I mean, an example is the Buddha. Apparently, he was a prince that was rich, but he gave all his riches away. It wasn't making him happy. So you can say that 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 uh, um, mo and our upset is just a way period where we successfully pushed our guilt down, which is basically just a, a trick that allows us to think everything is okay. But until we forgive, it's, it's just festering to come back up again. You know. Which is why, again, we can judge things that are absolutely, you know. I remember seeing this video on, on social media and uh, these people, you know, classic scenario, they're waiting for a parking spot. I don't know who got there first. Somebody didn't start recording at that time. And uh, they're waiting for this parking spot. One of the other gets in. The other things that they should have gotten, gotten the parking spot. Next thing you know, they're out the car yelling. There's kids in the car. They end up fighting. One of the dudes, they start, he starts poking him in the head with a, with a key. Now, 
the time it it would have taken to simply find another parking spot <laughs> and walk into right. the store yeah. and not have to worry about police and charges of assault and it's craziness. All that was was just the excuse. And our ego loves it. That's the thing about it. The the part of ourselves that is angry really all the time and is just festering there waiting for something to judge and attack, it jumps for joy when, when, they, when there's something there that's making us upset. It jumps for joy because now I could, I could have my upset, which, which actually keeps my individuality intact, but I have someone or something to blame it on. We love it. Which, again, which is why we judge things that are just pointless to judge, why we just make things up to judge. You know, right. I, I'll never forget, uh, uh, this, is a, this is like a telling example. And one thing about it is it's always easier to see this stuff in other people. <laughs> but then, of yeah, course, you right. never look at yourself. But I remember uh, uh, my ex-wife, we had a, a situation where um, like one of the things we like to do was go to the park. And, uh, you know... We had, we had a period of time where we were kind of busy working or whatever. I think I was working a bit of overtime, but then it kind of slowed down a bit. I was like, oh, let's go to the park. You know, we have some time to go to the park. And uh, we was going to the park, and I was trying to run around and play and have fun like we normally do, you know. And she's just like groping and mopey, and I'm wondering what in the world is going on. I'm trying to get her to, to get involved and, and have fun with me, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? And we was going to marriage counseling at the time, and uh, we went to marriage counseling like, I don't know, within seven days. It was like, you know, the, the, the next one that we went to that week. And uh, and this is one of the things she tells the counselor that she's upset about me about. She says, I'm, I'm upset at him because we don't do like we used to. Like, we don't go to the park anymore. <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm thinking, this is it. That's why she was upset. So she already had in her mind, we don't go to the park anymore. And secretly, the ego says, now I have something to judge him for. Now I have right. something to tell the counselor about. But then right. when I up and said, let's go to the park, now I ruined her judgment. So she was mad about it. Yeah, but, but because that's all she had, she still drew it out there. Right. And, uh, and, and that's what I said. I said, we, we just went to the park a few days ago. And, and she was just silent. But the ego doesn't care. That right. impulse to attack just for that little moment, she had it. And the, and the counselor's looking at me like, you know, so. But that's just an example of how we'll pull anything to judge. It doesn't really matter what it is. So, right. you know, basically... Uh, uh, you know when you actually have inner peace when things don't bother you anymore. Uh, what I found it to be, and this is the way Kenneth Wapnick explains it, he's like the, the foremost teacher on the Course in Miracles. He's dead now, but uh, I listened to several of his uh, uh, workshops throughout the years. And the way he described it is this. Basically, we have several different uh, arenas of judgment. Like, let's say uh, somebody might not have any issues with you know, finding parking spots. Like, I don't have any issues with, with finding parking spots. But I have the things I'm, I get upset about. You know, I have the things I get frustrated about. And we all have our video tapes. Maybe somebody is finding a parking spot. Maybe somebody is getting cut off on the interstate. Maybe somebody else is, you didn't say my name properly. And what happens is, every time we forgive that thing properly and undo, to undo that guilt, it's sort of like erasing that tape. But until we forgive it, we play that same tape over and over and over and over. Maybe today is this person cutting me off on the freeway. And the next person, next day is that person cutting me off on the freeway. But secretly, we're waiting for the person to cut us off on the freeway so we can judge again. Yeah. When we start give, we, I we say basically... that to my husband all the time. You're just waiting. You love being mad. I tell him that all the time. You love being mad at these little things. You love it. That's right. That's the mm -hmm. truth. 
That's mm-hmm. the truth. And, and that's the thing about it. We all see this. Once we start to understand the dynamic, is, is, I mean, it's so apparent. And what happens is once we start to undo that unconscious guilt, that same tape, it won't affect us anymore. So whatever it is he likes getting upset about, whatever that thing is, yeah. you know you're properly forgiving it when it happens and it, does, it doesn't upset you anymore. Now, now, the thing about it is we have like a closet full of cassette tapes. Right? Yeah, right. So you may forgive the cut me off on the freeway tape, but then we're going to start pulling out the you didn't, you didn't say my name properly tape. Yeah. So that's what it was about. It's a, it's a constant process of forgiving, recognizing that whatever it is, you're just a scapegoat. And that and basically it's like every single uh, um, uh, videotape is like just a, a pebble in our book sack that we're carrying on our back, this weight mm-hmm. of unconscious guilt. Each time we forgive, we unload that bag. And when that bag is empty, that's the experience of absolute inner peace or enlightenment. And it takes years to get there. And, you know, you know, one thing I did in forgiving people who believe the earth is flat is that I share my judgments. And, and if, 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 if people only get one thing out of it, that would actually be sufficient. You know, let me tell you a story about one of my first, it actually was my first, of course, in miracle class. When I say I was, I've been in this stuff since I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not lying. My, I mean, my first course in miracles class, I was in high school. I was like a ninth or 10th grade. Usually when I went to this stuff, I was like the youngest person er, 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 there. And, uh, I don't even know. I think I just saw it in a metaphysical bookstore, this flyer about a course in miracles class. I used to frequent metaphysical bookstores and I said, okay, let me go ahead and check this out. And the guy was up there teaching. And this is my first introduction to the course. And what he said was, you know, uh, the spirit was talking to him. Apparently he was talking to this lady about something. And uh, the spirit, he said, told him to start yelling at this woman and start cursing her out. And, and that's what the spirit told him to do. You know, and looking at him, you can tell he was like having to force that out. He didn't really believe that. But he had two alternatives. It was either admit that, yes, I get upset sometimes or blame it on spirituality. And that, and, and, and that's the, the biggest that's the worst thing you could do. if You actually want to have peace. Having inner peace doesn't mean that I never judge. The practical side of reaching in the peace is having our judgments and acknowledging them, but learning to look at it differently, you know, yeah. and that's, that's what, yeah. that's what practice. So it's like being, real. it's, it's being an observer in your own mind and in your own life. It's stepping life. outside of, outside of the emotion that we feel as human beings and stepping outside of that and catching ourselves yes, in those but, moments. But you have but to be careful not to make a denial. Right. What, what right. you're saying is we need to take ownership exactly. for that. We have to take that's ownership. Yeah. Not right. deny it, not not trying to be spiritual by pretending we don't get upset or don't get angry and yeah. not lying to ourselves and really believing that you are the cause of why I'm upset. But but like Chuck said, owning that upset, owning right. the fact that I'm upset, even acknowledging that right now I believe is you owning it all, not mm-hmm. lying to ourselves. But then once we own it, then we start to look at where it's really coming from. It's really coming from a choice that we've made. And we have so many examples of that. Like, you know, I've read stories about people like in, in, in concentration camps in Nazi Germany who were still able to live their life peacefully. Socrates is a good example. Apparently he was a very wise guy. But apparently the stuff he was saying was against, uh, you know, the, the, the tides of the day. And when they basically executed him, he, he still held on to his wisdom and, and apparently he was fully conscious when he drank the poison and he was even describing what was happening, you yeah. know? I mean, so it's possible that no matter what's going on, 
we can still maintain our inner peace. And the first step is really acknowledging and acknowledging the pain that we feel and not trying to deny it and, 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 and trying to be so-called peaceful by denial. That will never work. You know, and again, those little moles that we're not upset at that time, essentially that's really just denial. You know, right. usually usually we use something to bury it with whatever it is. You know, for me, it's often video games. Again, I still I still have the things I do. I hop yeah. on and play me a video game. Sometimes it's yeah. writing my books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things. Well, yeah. And, you know, I the thing is, though, is that I think part of it also is recognizing our own drama and the fact that we like it. We like because I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been reading, um, well, rereading the Emanuel books. You know, the Emanuel books, Pat Rodigas. I'm familiar with it, but I never read really it. Yeah, I've been, and, and I've been rereading the Emanuel books. And, it, and basically, the, the essence of the books is look, we're all made of the same substance. We're all part of God. We're all one. And um, we immerse ourselves in the human experience because um, it's it's part of what we've come here to do. And while we're immersed in that human experience, we're caught up in the drama. We love the drama of the experience. And I see that very much in myself because I was thinking about it and I was thinking, you know, I could choose tomorrow. to. And this was when I was, uh, I was upset with somebody at the time and I was thinking, you know, I could choose tomorrow to step outside. I could choose a minute from now to step outside of this and to just float and be at peace and 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 not fully immerse myself in that experience anymore and there was a part of me that was saying yeah but you want to do this and you want to do this and you like to do this and and i mean so we 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 love our drama don't we that's right and it's very purposive you know uh, of course in miracles is actually one of the uh really actually the only uh, teaching i thought that really tips on why and the reason why we love it and the reason why we hold on to it and the reason why we have uh, a resistance to letting go of it is because judgment and attack is literally, literally the, the matrix or the, the field within which our individuality, our very existence is based. Right. And I, and I had an actual direct experience of this two years after I was studying the course. You know, one of the one of the what the course calls idols that I have, like the things in the world that we value that makes us happy or makes us important or whatever. One of my one of my idols is my intellect. Always in, was proud of being intelligent. And, uh, you know, I was taking a, a college class. I was trying to force myself I had to give up because I hate going to school. But uh, I was taking a college class at the time. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about, I was applying the course to that, because I was thinking, you know, that if everything is an illusion, as the course tells us, and everything is just a projection, then intelligence is actually a lie. Like, the idea of intelligence, that one person is more intelligent than another, is actually a lie. It's a it's separator. Just, it, it makes us separate from somebody exactly. else. That's the purpose of it. That's right. Because really, the, the mind is not intelligent or unintelligent. It's not old or young. It's just, it's just mind. And, of course, you could even just go out of body and, and experience that. Or you don't even have to go to the level of the course to get an understanding of that. But I was, applying, I was applying it from the level of the course and recognizing that it doesn't really have any value. But what happened is when I really applied the course's thinking to it, recognizing that there's no, no differences, we're all equal. It was, you know, it's just, it's just a lie. It's just an illusion. And being that it's such a cornerstone of my identity, what happened is my identity broke and everything disappeared. So one moment I was sitting in this cottage classroom and the next moment, I mean, 
they, they for for a moment they was not even a self to recognize herself. I, but at a, at a, at a certain moment, a, an eye hit, and the eye that came to fruition was this mind, this immense mind, and and and. When I perceived about me, the universe was just this field of meaningless activity. And as this mind, when I looked into this field, for lack of a better word, look, the self that I am now was just this little bitty speck amongst just the field of specks of meaningless activity. And, 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 and there was an instant recognition that, I'm not, that not only was this field that the universe is just this field of meaningless thought with these waves in it that manifest us. Just like how you look at an ocean, it's just a whole bunch of water. But there's, you could differentiate waves. And that's all, all these different separate things are. They're just waves in this field of thought that's really just nothing. That's just it's so ephemeral that it's not barely even there. And, uh, and when I saw that, I recognized that this mind that I seemed to be was also illusory. And there was an instant where I could have let go and everything could have disappeared. But I was I was struck with a terror that you wouldn't believe. And it was the terror of fear of losing existence. And when that terror hit, everything just collapsed. And then I was suddenly sitting in the classroom again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's really what it's about. That fear of letting go my existence... Which, which is behind our experience of existing. That fear, running from that fear and keeping our individuality intact, the effect of that is this field of nothing that seems so very important, in which I seem identified with this individual self and in this individual body with a certain level of intelligence or a certain level of strength or a certain level of money or a certain level of fame. And all the different differentiations that we have, the reason why we make these things important is to run from the fact that none of it is important, which means that the mind that's projecting it is not important. That's the whole basis. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a little thing, that investment in judging. That's mm-hmm. what's really behind it. Our very existence is that, is that jeopardy. Subconsciously, that's what's always there. And that's why the investment is there so much. But what eventually causes us to go against the grain of of what's really our very existence is the pain of it. And that's what really made me want to move away from it. It's just the pain. You know, life is just painful. And you don't have to be, you uh, you know, born in a third world country starving to death to feel the pain. You know, you can be a multimillionaire and and, you know, your, your company, uh, your factory has a has a, a, a machine malfunction and you start losing one hundred thousand dollars a minute. And you and they're just as frantic as the person who can't pay the light bill. Fifty dollars. It's the same upset. Doesn't matter what it is. And the reason why we keep going through this over and over and over is to project is protect our individuality. But, but what happens is the pain starts to become so much that the course, as as it says, we start to look for a different way. We start to look for a better way. We start to look for a solution beyond finding another million, or making sure I get the, the best grades, or, or whatever it is that we that we want to do that's going to make us happy. We start to realize it doesn't work because we do it over and over and over again, and then we still get upset. 
Or I've been judging this person for the last 10 years and I'm still I'm still upset and judging about the same things. I need to do something different. So that's that's eventually what makes us want to look outside of this matrix of judgment and judgment and judgment is that it's just it just hurts. And, and, and there's a pain that never really goes away. You know, and again, we bury it for a little while, but then it keeps coming back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we need to take a break. Actually, that takes us right up to our break. So let's do this. Let's go to break. Uh, you have break set up, right, Cheryl? Yes. Okay. And uh, when we come back, we'll be having more of this conversation with Daryl Lee Berry. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of hauntedshirtclub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. My name is Daryl E. Berry, Jr., longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting edge, and founder and director of Next Density, a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress transformation and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Well, we are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. I'm MixLR with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier. And we are. And I would yep. like to commend Cheryl on that very nice countdown that yes, time. Thank, thank you for not freaking me out and going nice, really fast. Nice work, Cheryl. You're Good welcome. Job. I try. And we are here with our guest, Daryl E. Berry Jr., talking about things that just pretty much blow your mind. Um, and okay, so we were at break. You were talking about you know the egos, the separation, all this kind of stuff. So now let's 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 turn the tables. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about oneness. Let's and and individuality. I want to talk about both. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, uh, and we had talked about when you talked about you know. Well, you're talking you're, about duality because you can. Well, yes. How can you be an individual and be one all at the same right. time? But I I believe you can. I totally believe you can. I. I okay. So I look at it as this: um, 
my life pretty much hit the, hit the bricks per se, and I was ready to you know end it all. However, um, until I until I personally, with of course the help of friends, but I heard a voice that said, mm. "I'm you're not done yet. You have you have something to do here." Okay, it's an it's a very important message. You need to spread it. You need to tell. You need to to show people that underneath we are all one. We are all connected to this energy, higher higher power, whatever you want to call it. We're all connected to this, but at the same time, we are still all we are supposed to be individuals because as being individuals and having you know I'm not talking just about ego, it's just being individuals and having our our own ways of of talking, our own ways of connecting. Um, if we could understand that we're all one, but still can keep our individualness to us as far as what what, what are our gifts? Uh, I'm artistic. I'm a good doctor. I'm whatever, and use these gifts that we have as individuals to help others it could just kind of springboard and keep going going and going and going and going which then i believe would change the way life is going as it is now but daryl aren't all of those labels that just applied aren't those really just ways of separating ourselves when really we aren't separate and it's just an illusion that's right that's right both of what you're saying is right but it's just that the one is that you're talking about is not really is not oneness, and, and that's uh, uh, that's one of the things that makes the course very unpopular. And, and when I say that, what I mean is not consciously unpopular. Like the course actually has a, uh, you know, I think there's like two million copies sold now. But I've, it I've would, creates would, resistance in the in the people who study it. <laughs> definitely, I, I mean resistance to the point that it, they just don't look at it at all. Like I went to course yeah. study groups in California. I went to course study groups in Louisiana. I went to course study groups here in in uh, Kentucky, and 99% of the people, if you talk to or go to the class or interact with, they have no idea about this level of the course. That's that's how deep the resistance is. So I understand what you're saying, Chuck, and and I'll even speak on that level when I'm, when I'm speaking from the perspective of out-of-body experience and things like that, and we're all part of this one universal mind, and at that level we're one, and, and we're all fragments of that consciousness, but that mind itself doesn't exist either. That mind itself does not exist. So, in, in other words, there's two different ways you can play it, uh, 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 and that's one reason why in, in, in my uh, overall uh, uh, teaching of next density, I have three different paths. One is enlightenment, one is metatransfer, and one is ascension, right? Mm -hmm. You can go the ascension metatransfer way, which means that you go through dimension after dimension after dimension. And, and I went out of body, and I went up through the levels and through the levels and through the levels, and, and eventually I reached uh, through the out-of-body state, the mind that's projecting everything. And, and, and from that in-body level, basically it's like we're one consciousness, and we're connected to what's called the source self. It's like a hand that has many fingers. And you, yeah. individual Karen, is like a finger. And, and you have different other, uh, uh, other cells that's part of the same source self or higher self. But this higher self is also all connected to the higher self. This is a whole bunch of higher selves connected to this yes. bigger higher self. And I don't know how many levels I have to go up. But eventually you go to this one big higher self that's, that's at the at the top of all of it. So I will say that the the, the 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 what you're talking about, Chuck. That's the level of development you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That way would take you probably about a million years. Mm -hmm. Because there's time. level at the <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I mean, you, you, of course, because we, we're making time, so we can make as much sure. time as we need. Right. Uh, so, but I mean, if you think about it, we all have many lifetimes. I've, I've went through the outer body and, and actual thing, and we have thousands of lifetimes. I've seen my different lifetimes. It takes all of those thousands of lifetimes to finally get to the level of awareness where you get to the next tier, and then that tier has another tier. Or if you go into the meta transfer level of it, where you go in body, and there's like Earth, and we're, we're a third density planet where we go into fourth density. And there's like the Pleiadians. They're like in, interstellar race. They have no government, no money. They're more advanced. And then there's different uh, densities above them. And eventually you get to the level of like Germain, uh, where it's like this group consciousness. But again, that takes millions and millions of years to get to that level. But the course is telling us is that because from the highest level, all of this is just one equal field of illusion. You don't have to go through all of that. All you have to do is look at the one thought that everything is projected from and undo that thought by forgiving all of the different uh, reflections of that one thought. So uh, uh, in a sense, what you were saying, Karen, is that one thing that we have to let go of. In a sense, that's true. It's that but, one thought. Uh, that's one thought. But that one thought is buried underneath so many different projections and so on and so forth that it's really right. impractical to try to speak about it from that level because, you know, we, we say I have that one thing to let go of and then the next day we're upset. If, if we really pay attention and see all the things we're upset about on, on a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, it's innumerable. You know, we're upset about... I'm driving down the street and, and this person cut me off. We're upset about the customer that we have to talk to or the boss. And, and a lot of times we, saw, we, we don't even register these upsets. We, we usually only register the, the most upsetting ones, the ones that really ruffle our feathers. But if we really pay attention to ourselves, we have a constant rant of judgments going on in our mind over and over and over and over and over. Things we don't even might, might not even consciously recognize as judgment. Uh, what happens is, and this is one of the analogies that, that Kit and Wathic uh, uh, gave, it's like our minds, our individual minds is like a tablecloth, a very, very dirty tablecloth. And it's like uh, 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 the, the, the dirt on the tablecloth is like guilt. And if you imagine like a, a, a family reunion, you know, you could imagine what a table would look like at the end of a family reunion. You know, there's bread crumbs and, and, and barbecue sauce and there's little children's handprints everywhere. And uh, at the end of the day, when you go to clear off the table and you waste something else on the table, doesn't, that doesn't upset you so much because the tablecloth is already dirty. So we don't really realize how much guilt is in our unconscious mind. So a lot of our judgments, we don't even register because our tablecloth is so dirty. It has to be something that's really strong to rough for our footage, you know what I'm saying? But as we start to clean that, that, that actually, let's go to the total opposite end. Let's say you're, you're about to have your wedding. The, the reception for your wedding, let's say. The reception didn't start yet. You want it to be perfect. I, I've seen wedding fail videos. And things that on the regular day at the park, you know, like let's say the bride trips, it might not be a big deal if you have to park and you're joking around. But on the wedding day, she will run out the building crying because this is my wedding day. Everything has to be perfect. So imagine you have this pristine recession area and someone wastes a pot of gravy on your... It's horrible. You're ruining my wedding because the tablecloth is clean. So what happens is as we start to clean our tablecloth with forgiveness, 
those little bitty uh, 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 stains that we didn't even notice before, we start to notice. And we start to see how all pervasive our judgment is. So that's why it doesn't really, it's not really practical to try to focus on that big thing because really all we're doing is we're, we're denying all the, the little things. When, in fact, all of those little things is really refreshing of that one thing. And let, me, let me read a verse from the Course that perfectly illustrates this. This is in, in chapter 18 of the Course, one of my favorite verses for those that have your Course book with you that's listening or who are listening later. This is on page 372 of the text uh, of the, the real Course from the Foundation of Inner Peace. And it says, you who believe that God is here made but one substitution. That one substitution of separation for oneness. The one, I, the one choice to believe the separation of God is real. And again, that's why it doesn't matter if you're uh, uh, in the third world country or you're a millionaire. It doesn't matter if you're in the physical dimension or, or you know, you're, you're connected with some higher being or using all of your gifts to make the world better. It doesn't matter. It's all still a reflection of that one thought. It has taken many forms because it was the substitution of illusion for truth. A fragmentation for wholeness, many forms that seem good and bad, that seem high and low. It has become so splintered and subdivided and divided again over and over that it is now almost impossible to perceive it once was one and still is what it was. That one error was brought truth to illusion, infinity to time, and life to death was all you ever made. Your whole world rests upon it. Everything you see reflects it, and every special relationship you have ever made is a part of it. Every hate, every judgment, every fear, you know, even every enjoyment. If we have an enjoyment that we believe is based upon the world, I get what I want, now I'm happy, is really pain in disguise. And we know this because what happens when the thing goes away? What or when, the, new, when, when, or when the newness wears off. Or when, perfect, perfect point. We know what happens. We're just as upset and, and just as lacking as we was beforehand. doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's all a part of that same thought, which is why the pain never goes away. But, it says, everything you see reflects it. So we don't have to try to get in touch with that one thought. All we have to do is recognize everything I see because it's a reflection of that one thought. All I have to do is forgive this. And when we forgive every single thing, big or small, because everything is a reflection of that one thought, when we forgive everything, we have forgiven that one thought. So that's how you do it. So can we back up for a minute? Is that one thought that I am separate, that I'm an individual? What is that one thought? Is it that I'm separate? Right, it's absolutely, but 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 this is the 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 uh, 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 the way it can it can be misunderstood. It's right. not a thought that I am thinking. It's not a thought that you, Karen, are thinking. You are a thought in the mind of that mind that's having that's a the thought. One. That's right. So it's not, and and that's how we know that we're not really addressing it. When I think I have to let it go, you're nowhere near it. <laughs> because you don't have to, you're being, you're just a projection. That one mind has to let go of that one thought. That thought has taken many forms. And we are one of the forms. That's the frightening thing about it. <laughs> so, are- so 
I don't have to do anything except for address the small things and recognize those as the thought that I that is being thought. That's exactly right. Because we are projections so, of that one mind as well. Right. When so tell we, me what that tell me what that looks like though. All right. Good, tell me good, what that good, looks good, like good, in my good, life. Certainly, certainly. So let's see. Uh, 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 something obsessive. Doesn't matter what it is. Basically, forgiveness has three steps. Basically, we break it down. The first step is to recognize. Uh, for instance, we can go into the topic of the book. You know, I was so irritated that people in today's time still believe the that the Earth is flat. flat. <laughs> I was like, oh my it's god, little, that is a little annoying. Let's uh, yeah, be honest. Right. Yeah. But then I had to, rec- and, and, and you pointed out earlier how it goes. That thing comes up, and before we realize that we went, we've been on a five-minute rant judging these people. Before we realize we're saying, oh, these people are so stupid. How can they believe this? And what about this? And what about this? They can know it from this. And, and next thing you know, we have a whole, pa- you know, and that's what I did. I actually started to note what I was judging. And next thing you know, I had a whole paragraph of judgments. And what you do is the first step is to recognize that whatever you've done, my anger, my judgment is not really what you're doing. Is really what I'm doing. It's really a choice that I'm making as mine. That's the first step. Right. The first step is to retract. Is to retract judgment, because what the ego wants us to do, it we believe that thought was real, as one mind. We denied it and projected it out, and that projection was the big bang. Well, you know what it sounds like you're you're doing. What the work. What? I mean, it sounds because basically yeah, what you're in, saying in is sense. you ask, is that true? How can you possibly know that's true? In, Who in would I sense. do without that thought? In a sense. Yeah. I refer to Barry and Katie a lot. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the actual process on the ground is different, but mm-hmm. in the end, as you question every single thing, and, you know, it takes some awareness to catch it. Like, if you, if you watch enough of Byron Katie videos, like, she, she did this one uh, interview called... Um, I don't know. I, I could find it. Uh, it, it. But she did this interview where she was saying even the mind. Like she was saying how question, questioning, you know, you question everything. And she was saying eventually, is the mind true? The mind itself is not real. So, yes, it'll eventually lead you there because you're questioning every single, every single illusion. Because that's all a, a stressful thought is. It's an illusion. It's, it's, it's nothing once you question it. And then you turn that thought around and realize that the opposite is equally true. Right. So none of them are true. And eventually it gets to the mind itself is not real. So, yes, it, it, it'll get you there eventually. Uh, I would say the course is much more direct. In, okay. In, in how okay, well, I interrupted you. So you were saying question the thought and then what? Right. Question the thought. Recognize that the problem is not in you, it's in me. And then once I bring that pain where it really is and recognize where it really is, that's when I start to address it from the mind level. I can recognize that since the pain is in me and it's a choice that I'm making, I can make a different choice about it. So the first step is, is not you. You're not the problem. I'm the problem. You're just the excuse. And since I'm the problem, since this is a choice I'm making, I can make a different decision about it. Now, initially, in our experience, we make this, uh, we apply this as if I'm the one that's thinking the thought. You know, it takes a little bit of training to start to think about it from the perspective of this one mind. So, you know, uh, uh, initially, it's me doing it. I'm the one that judges you, but now it recognizes me. I'm having a stupid thought. But now, since I'm the one that's doing it, I can make a different choice about it. And the different choice is recognizing that the separation never occurred. Now, 
that'll take a bit more explaining. What happens is the course gives us several criteria to determine what is real and what is not. Like one of the things that it says is what is of temporary value has no value at all. What is of well, every, temporary value? Everything is of temporary value. Exactly. Exactly. So nothing has any value at all. Which means even the thing I'm judging you about has no value at all. No positive judgment or no, value, or no negative judgment. So the problem wasn't you, but it's really me. And the choice that I made for the ego re is resulting in the world that's temporary. That means the thought itself must also be temporary, which means it does not really exist. Which means the guilt in me can't be real either. So now I let me off the hook. I let you off the hook because it was never you in the first place. You were this excuse. And now I let me off the hook because I recognize that the guilt can't be real because the effect isn't real. You know something is a cause by its effect. Uh, someone is a parent because they have a child. If someone has no children, then they're not a parent. Pretty simple. So if the world, that's the effect of this guilt, can't be real because obviously it's temporary, so it does not meet the requirements of what is real, then the thought can't be real. And we start to lose our belief in the thought. We start to question, that, is that thought true? No, it can't be true because the effect of that thought isn't, isn't real. So the thought can't be real. And then we start to, then, then that's just the whole, the, the whole process. That final step, the third step is just starting to, to uh, recognize that within ourselves and start to feel the release. We start to let go of our belief that that thought is real. And thus we start to let go of our belief that, that the guilt that comes from that thought is real. And, you know, it, it takes That's time. pretty freeing. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of freedom in that. I know I've done the work a lot, the Byron Katie. And for people who are listening, um, Byron Katie's an author who, who uh, talks about principles like this a lot, although a little less direct than what Daryl's talking about. So I've done the work a lot and that's very freeing, but it takes a lot of time when you have to question every single freaking thought and go through this process of inquiry. That's right. That's right. It does take a lot of writing and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I, I find that it's easier just to forgive myself. And, and sometimes I still do the work. I mean, sometimes things are getting me so upset that at the, you know, at the mind when you're in the thrust of your upset, sometimes you can't even think straight. All you can think of, all you see is red. That's the way they describe it. And I pull out a piece of paper and write it down. And like Byron Katie says, it helps to slow down the mind to write it down. Mm -hmm. But usually after I write it down and I slow my mind down, then I start forgiving again. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I actually did a worksheet. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a very good process. And I, and I think it does work. In the end, I think they will both lead, lead the person to the same uh, 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 directive. But I think, as Byron Katie says herself, her uh, path doesn't really teach anything. Doesn't really offer you anything. It just sim it's simply... Uh, uh, teaches you how to question your own thoughts. You're the one that's doing the questioning. It doesn't right. really teach anything. It doesn't give you a philosophy. Um, what the course does, it does give you a philosophy in the sense, but when you apply it, you learn it's not really a philosophy. It's really physics. It's really science. It's kind of like if I uh, uh, you know, take water and I heat it to a certain temperature, it boils. It's just a fact of the physical world. Right. And then if I take that water to a different height, if I take it up to a mountain, the air pressure is different than a burrow at a different temperature. It's just a fact of existence in the physical world. Right. What the course does is simply points out facts of the universe, facts of the mind, which projects the universe. And what happens is when you start to apply it, you start to have experiences that validate it, like that experience I had of the universe is 
You know, right. nothing could ever take that away. So when I when I read this verse, that's one reason why it has such power to me because I've I've experienced it myself. Everything is really a projection of that one thought. It's not a, a philosophy. It's not just an idea that you believe. It's it's giving a physics scientific explanation of what's going on. Yeah. You know, and what what happens is we, when we start to practice it more and more, we start to have these experiences more and more. But just even just the, the experience of peace, like you're saying, is very freeing. You know, I remember the first time I had that experience where I remember exactly what it was, but I just remember so clearly having an experience where something used to upset me and it just didn't upset me anymore. I just can't describe how good that felt just to not be upset. I don't remember what it was, but just I remember yeah. it used to regularly upset me and just one time it happened and it just didn't upset me. I would just was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, but it was because I was practicing forgiveness on that thing over and over and over. And again, you know, it, it takes studying the thought system so you can understand the points to apply. And when it, and when you finally experience it, it's just it's just wow. And again, we have so many different videos here. I still have things I get upset about. But yeah, once, don't we all? That's part of that the thing. human experience. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say it's part of the human experience. It's part of the mind's experience because right. every single thing is equally mind. You can see pets get upset. Yeah. The animals get True. upset. They're still part of the mind. And of course, True. there's aliens. They get upset too. There's people on other planets. It's not the human condition. It's just mind. We're all fragments of this one mind living out the same dynamic over and over and over. Because again, as we read earlier, everything is a reflection of that one thought, that one dynamic. This one mind believes a thought, denied it, projected it out. Because we have a world of denial and projection. And all right. anger is its projection. I'm taking the guilt in me and I'm saying you're responsible. Even if it makes absolutely no sense. Even if you took me to the park just a few days ago, I'm still going to say I'm upset because you didn't take me to you the park. You never take me to the park. That's right. Exactly. Because well, so, we don't care what it is. It's just, so, it's just an excuse. Yeah. So, Daryl, you and I have kind of been having a discussion. And, and it sounds like we've worked in similar directions, although maybe at different angles. And I want to make sure that people who are listening are kind of understanding what we're talking about too so I want to let Cheryl and Chuck uh, maybe ask a question or two to make sure that you and I aren't just all esoteric and we've lost yeah. everyone all right um, well you are esoteric and you have kind of well I mean, you haven't lost me because I agree I agree on some of what Daryl's saying I I disagree on some too um, I agree on the um, uh, you know on his thought process of if you're if you know, when you're forgiving someone, you're really forgiving your own thought because it's, it's like he said, they're they're the excuse. Right. You need to, it's 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 kind of the same thing as when I say, um, how 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 did I used to look at something when it used to happen to me and get me get me upset or make me happy for whatever? Now I'm going to take a different angle of looking at this approach and saying, oh well, it's really about me connecting to whatever. It's not it's not about the other person. It's about me. So right. once I can understand how to control or change my thought process or my feelings or however you want to say it, then it becomes like, oh, well, I'm not bothered by it because it really doesn't matter because I know how I can, I, I know how I can deal with it. You know, like something that used to make me upset before would not make me upset now because I know I go, oh, it's just the way I'm looking at it that's making me upset, not actual the action that's happening. So I, 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 I agree to that. Um, what, what I, what I feel is a little different how my thought process is because I don't get too esoteric like you guys do um, is that I, I think it's important 
that we have individuality. I think that's important. That's important to me because I think it's because we are emotional beings and we have these emotions, it's part of what we use to learn what we, what we want to learn. Because my thought process is, is that we learn certain things and it gets taken back to the oneness, which then grows with more thought, more thoughts, more emotions, more feelings. It just keeps getting larger and larger and larger, learning more and more and more. Um, so for me, each individual person adds to that. If we were all the same, if we were all just just the same, blanketed, um, what would be the point? You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's why God, whatever you, know, you want to call him, or the oneness, uh, that's why we're here. It's to make these little differences to add to the to it as a whole. And that's just my personal thought process on it. So. But yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. As a common perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do. Uh, but I do agree. There's a lot of points that I do agree upon. You know, like the the forgiveness stuff. Uh, the uh, uh, there was a couple other things you touched on that uh, I, I totally agree with 100. Um, percent But yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I guess that's what does separation because I am an individual. So, um, and I I believe that uh, it's it, at least for me it's important to be that to a certain extent though. Going through what I've gone through, and going to that level where, uh, you know, uh, there were voices coming to me saying, "Okay, you know, you're done. You, you know, there's nothing else here for you to do. Your life's just kind of crashed and burned. So let's just let's just call it a day. You know, good job. You know, whatever." Um, and then when I got to the point where, okay, I'm just going to do it, then I heard the voice. It was more inner, an inner voice than an outer voice. You know, uh, though there was a connection to. The oneness, because I think that's in all of us. I think we're all connected that way. But it was telling me that, you know, like I said, that you have a purpose. You know, I think everybody, I think everybody should have a purpose. And I well, I don't. I, I, can I? So, Daryl, you're not saying that we shouldn't live our individual lives and and do the things that make us individuals while we're here as humans, but that we need to address the judgments and the pain. Correct. Well, I mean, it's not even that we need to. Uh, it, 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 the course is not yeah, trying to take anything can. from us. Exactly. Yeah, you know, this, this is what happens. This, this, yeah, this is all the course is saying. This is all the course is saying. What you're doing is painful. And this is how you can stop having pain. It's mm-hmm. basically it. Yeah. If you, if yeah. You, if uh, you, and I get that. If you choose, yeah. if you choose to. Oh, well, no, and I get it's that. Like, it's like I was talking about that, that one thing, that one finger that I'm hanging on by. Yeah. Right, and exactly. I feel like I could choose to just let that go and sort of free fall and mm-hmm. float, and it would all be great and wonderful. But then I wouldn't get up tomorrow and dance, and I wouldn't get up tomorrow and run, and I wouldn't play the piano, right. I wouldn't right. write my books, right. and I wouldn't talk right. to you lovely people. And and um, I love the the human experience. I love mm-hmm. the emotion of that. Yeah. There is a that even though there's pain sometimes, Daryl, wouldn't you say that? There's also an exquisiteness in some of it that we savor. We seem to savor as humans. No, no. No. Uh, 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 any good that we think is intrinsic to the world is really just pain in disguise. That's really all it is. And I, and I, and I know uh, uh, that's not anything really people want to hear if they're that's fully invested bleak. in, yeah, in, in losing. Yeah, but, but, you know, it, it's it's 
the course says that, like I was saying earlier, it's not trying to take anything away from you. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is you know for there for if you want it, but it also says you're going to want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, and I do have a lot of inner peace since I've changed my viewpoints and I've done a lot of what you're saying. In fact, you know, just forgive, just forgive from my end. You know what I mean? It's all about what I can control, and I can control my thoughts and my my my, my actions. So I use that. When people get mad at me, when people, you know, uh, like, like for instance, I had a lady today who got mad at me because um, I assumed she had no money in the bank. Okay, now to me, it's like uh, money is not what you should be basing who you are as a person on anyways. But um, she was mad because I uh, made an assumption upon it. So she started to yell at me and scream at me. Now, I could have sat here and got all mad and tried to go back at her. But I, 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 I understood that it, you know, it's just me taking what she's saying the way I'm taking it. So if I don't take it that way, I'm not going to feel it that way. And that's exactly what I did. And I, I, I apologized, you know, because that's what I, kind of a person I am. But inside, I was fine. You know, like when she was gone, I thought I would be angry, but I wasn't. I was like, I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's good. That's the way I looked at the situation, even though it was presented to me in a different way. So I do understand, you know, getting that inner peace and wanting to uh, be better, I guess, a better person. So, yeah, I do. I get that. Well, this is the thing. Eventually, we start to realize that the individual self is part and parcel of pain. Because the the source of all pain is that investment in that one era that we was reading earlier. And everything here is a projection of that one thought and that one investment. And our individ- what we think of as our individual self is just another reflection of, of that, uh, 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 that one mind that's making the projection. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, as an individual, there's really nothing we can possibly do to be happy. We can lie to ourselves. But as we discussed earlier, what happens when the newness wears off? The newness wears off of everything. I mean... Can you think, I mean, really, I mean, really, can you think of anything that at some point the newness didn't wear off? Whether it's a person, a relationship, whether it's a car or, or whatever, you know, uh, 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 I mean, even, even if it's, even if it's something that doesn't change in the world, like drugs, mm-hmm. you have, they have to take more and more each time. Right. Okay? At first it's just a few puffs and, and they're fine. Then they got well, to be five puffs. Next thing, next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're an addict. And then they're in the gutter, and then not in rehab, and they, and they realize it's not really hurt, it's just a bad habit now. Mm-hmm. That's because nothing really works, mm-hmm. you know. Well, but again, well, huh? No, I was gonna say, but I mean, I can think of something that makes me happy always, and it's my daughter. My children make me happy, regardless of what they do or what they say or how they act. I can so you're always. You're saying you've never been angry at your daughter? Oh, sure. I've always been. A- I've been angry at her, but I'm not saying that. But it's. But I'm still saying at the same time, uh, all in all. She still makes me happy. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, there's there are there are emotions connected to it, of course. Yes, I mean with anything, but I mean as a general feeling, yeah, I would say that for the most part, she makes me happy more than she makes me angry. <laughs> this is how you tell the difference, because because the ego is very tricky. Mm-hmm. If the love and joy we have is real, what that means is that it's absolutely universal, absolutely universal. Mm-hmm. So, if you love your daughter in the way that you don't love everyone else equally, mm-hmm. then it's temporary. 
then it's then it's ephemeral. Oh, boom, boom. Yeah, because, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it it can't be any any otherwise because you know a good example is we was talking about Byron Katie, uh, and I'm of course into non dualism, and I actually found one of her first books is called Losing the Moon. And it's Byron Katie teaching non-dualism. Because if you, took, if you go into her original experience, she had a universal experience. She oh, said, she totally did, yeah. Exactly. And that's the, that's the well from which the work comes. She so woke up very, on the floor with no sense of herself after a period of huge turmoil. Exactly. So, yeah. so, so that's where it comes from. But again, she, she, put, she does it in a form that's not so apparently non-dualistic, but the core of it is non-dualism. But... That was just yeah. some background on it. But in this book, yeah. what happened is, um, apparently there was a Jew who was in Nazi Germany, and the Jews made him work as a, him or her, I don't think they specified the gender, but this Jew was made to work as a housekeeper for this Nazi soldier. And uh, what this guy, what this Jew noticed was, he would go out and just shoot Jews on the whim. Like he would go out and just... Let's say a, a Jew in a concentration camp made him, you know, tripped. Anything. He would just shoot him. Just on a limb. Or, or just hurt him in some kind of way. He just thought nothing of it. He, but he would go home. And he would be very loving to his daughter. And he had a pet canary who he was pet. And, uh, and Byron Katie was like. And, it, and, and they was asking Byron Katie. Well, what's up with that? And she was like, you know. It's like it's like she said, do you do you uh, step on the grass and avoid the flower? It's the same thing. And, he, and, and what she said was, if there was no flowers and you was in the field of just grass, you would do the same thing with the grass. And the person was saying, so if the, if the person didn't have any Jews to attack, he would do it to his own family. She was like, yes, it's just the concept that we have in the mind and it'll project on any anything that's available. So. If we think we love one person and we hate anybody, then really we don't really love that one person. Not really. What right. we've done is we've made that person a special love and we made everybody else a special late, special hate. But underneath it is the same investment in separation, which is only hate. Because that investment in separation is, is the belief that I destroyed oneness. I destroyed perfection so I could exist. There's only hatred behind that. That's why the Course says the world was made as an attack on God. So we try to hide that by finding things we like and the things that we, we appreciate and, and of the family members that we love and the children that we love and, and so on and so forth. But if we love someone and we hate anyone else, then we can't really love that one person because it's not the universal, uh, uh, indistinct uh, love of, of, of of, of the Holy Spirit, as the Course described it. It's, like, it's not the love of, like, Jesus or Mother Teresa. Well, it's they like love everyone equally. Jesus said um, something about, you know, what you do for other people you do to me, or there's a parable yeah, that he talks exactly. about, and I can't remember the exact verse, but that's exactly what he's talking about, right. is that as you do to others, you do to me. Yeah, as you're doing to the least of me, and so on and so forth, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so that's really, and but but the thing about it is, the reason why we're so afraid of that is because that specific love is based upon being an individual. Like like you were saying, Chuck, you you think individuality is important, specificity. So we have specific love. My daughter makes me very happy, but you, <laughs> yeah, but you're yeah, an idiot. Watch out for you. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
and, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And, and the course is not saying to judge us, uh, judge ourselves for that. But what the course is saying is eventually we will, we will realize what's really underneath that. What's underneath that is making differences real, making separation real, making this person lovable and this person hateable, making this person good and making this person bad, making you my special friend, making you my special hatred person. And behind that is a, is a hatred and pain that we wouldn't believe. And again, the course is not trying to take it away from us, but, but, but what's going to happen is uh, it's fine that we have our special loves and we love our daughters and we love our, our friends and we love our parents and it's fine to have that. But what's going to happen is when we start to look at the people we hate and we start to forgive them and we start to have this, this re- letting go of our hatred for them, we'll start to recognize a love beyond the love we thought we had for our daughters and our parents. We'll realize there's a love underneath that that's so pure and, and, and so universal and so limitless that it can be bound by nothing. It's not based upon you being my daughter. It's not based upon you being my friend. It's a love that's so pure and so perfect that it's unchangeable. Which is why, you know, even you can nail me to a cross and I will still love you so perfectly and so purely because I am that love. And that's what the course is leading us towards. It's a love and a peace that's absolutely unshakable. It doesn't increase because of my genetic relation to you. It doesn't decrease because of what you did or didn't do. It's absolutely sublime. So, again, it's not trying to tell us, let me stop loving my daughter. Finally, we can do that. It's not telling us to stop having our things we love, our chocolate cake and our movies and our TV sitcoms. But what we're going to learn is when we start to apply forgiveness to the stuff we hate again, we're going to be able to look at even the stuff we think we love differently and realize there's a love even beyond that that we never even considered before. And, uh, and that's what it's really leading us towards. So it's not trying to take anything away from us. What it says is we're not trying to take away the little that you, that you have, but it's really just a little that you have. You think you have something, but you really have nothing. The love I'm, the love I'm, I'm directing you towards, you're going to really know what love is. So, you know, that, that's what we're going to find out. Cheryl has a question. I don't know how if I can follow up that that last one. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take us totally off course here, um, and I hate to do that because this is like. Well, we only have ooh. about 15 minutes oh, left. Blowing so. my mind here. Um, I had something happen the other. Well, when was it? Last month. Um, and I was laid down. To, I laid down to go to sleep. And I just said, oh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna relax for a few minutes, you know. And so I cl- closed my eyes, and within seconds, and uh, this this type of thing had never happened to me before, um, and within seconds, I was um, I saw like a movie in front. My eyes are closed, but I saw like a movie with my eyes closed. I could see uh, stars whizzing by, and then and then planets in great detail were going by, and then all of a sudden I zoomed up and stopped, and I had a planet. This just sounds. <laughs> I had a planet on this side and one over here and then right in front of me was a man with his back turned towards me and all I could see was his shoulders and his long blonde hair in the back of his head and it was so sterling I mean it was just you know 10 20 seconds however long this this happened and I like it's so startled me that I just opened my eyes I'm like what in the heck just happened that is the weirdest thing like I've never like when I, you know when when you you close your eyes and you go to sleep. Sometimes you see images and you see things, but not like this. The, this was like, in, like, a, like I said, a movie, a 3D movie playing in front of my eyes with my eyes closed. What, 
Is that just imagination at work? Is it? Could it be something else? What is? What is that? Let me ask this: Did you did you feel movement? Did you feel like you were moving when you saw it, or was it totally visual? I want to say it was totally visual. And when you saw this being, did you uh, did you have any emotions, any connection, or anything like that? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to, I wanted him to turn around. I wanted to know. I mean, it felt like yes, there was some type of connection, and uh, maybe like he wanted to tell me something, but. I just, I snapped right out of it and nothing, I mean, that was it. And I was disappointed in myself because I wanted to still be there and see what right. happened. <laughs> it sounds to me like it's a theta experience where you could be meeting a guide or even your future self. Uh, so, you know, the fact that it just came up like that, yeah. you know, that, that rules out imagination because, of course, imagination, okay. we're actively consciously trying to let's say if you close your eyes and visualize something but when it just comes up okay. of its own at least is an alter state phenomenon so at the least that would be a theta experience okay once you reach the theta state that's when imagery just comes up you see scenes and so forth okay. but the fact that you're zooming through space to meet a person that perfectly mimics uh uh like when i met my first guy at Orcanos, he's my first steady guy or Orcanos. You know, so at, at, you know, based upon the information I have now, it sounds to me mm -hmm. like you had a, what we will call a psychic experience where okay. you might have some ongoing contact with this being. Uh, uh, you know, when I first saw Kanos, that's similar to how it happened. I saw this being uh, in the, in the, in the, in a purple robe with his face shrouded. That's how guys often come initially. We don't see their features, okay. you know. So what I would suggest you do it is like when you go to sleep at night visualize that being as okay. you go to sleep and what may happen is you may suddenly be in that state again where you like seeing this three-dimensional and you can start seeing his face he might turn on and you can start interacting with them you may find this is one of your guides uh the fact that you were zooming through space and there came to a planet it could be even a future life of yours on a different planet so it sounds to me definitely like some kind of contact with the being uh, we would call it a psychic experience where you're having some kind of interaction or communication. So, okay. yeah, I, well, I would definitely look at that. Thank you. Yeah, Cheryl, yeah. I, I have experiences like that when I meditate and okay. also during um, Shavasana at the end of yoga, which is where you, you lay in what they call course pose. But you lay at the end of yoga for about 10 minutes and, and relax. And, yeah, I, I get a lot of that stuff. It's kind of cool, huh? Wow. I, seriously, one of the coolest experiences ever. And, I, like I said, I've never – that I can recall had that type of experience before. So it came out of nowhere. I, it was just almost shocking. And I, and I would like to, to see if it happens again. Cause <laughs> maybe something oh, more. Man. I, I wouldn't even wait. About. I would visualize it. I mean, you could just visualize it. Every time okay. I've had an experience like that, I had an ongoing contact with the being I had Okanos, uh, and we, you know, we, we communicated for years. Uh, last year when I started to practice OBE again and go out of body, I had a similar experience where uh, there was a being that I recognized. Actually, even it wasn't a being the first time. First, it was a one thing I noticed they do. They show me languages. They show me and, and a Kindle showed me this parchment like it looked like, a you know, how back in the day they had these rolls of paper that you unroll. Right. A scroll. It was like a parchment and they had these alien writing on it. And last year I saw this sphere. It was like a metallic sphere with this alien writing on it. And like within the a month or two, that's when I had this interaction with these SSI extraterrestrials and they did some kind of energetic tuning on me. 
Oh, you know, wow. so every single time I had an experience like that, it was with a being that, that I ended up having some kind of instruction from or some kind of energetic attunement with. It's, it's actually a pretty common experience, I would say. At least it's common in my experience. I'm okay. sure it's common around either. If you do some research, you'll find people have experiences like that. So, you know, based upon my experience, you definitely have some kind of interaction with a being. Visualize them as you go to sleep with the intent okay. to meet them again. Okay. And I'm sure that contact will continue, you know. I'm going to try that. All right, Daryl, guess what? It's time to shamelessly self-promote. Awesome. So uh, you can go to uh, nextdensity.com, N-E-X-T-D-E-N-S-I-T-Y.com or D-A-R-R-Y. Uh, L-E-B-E-R-R-Y-G-R.com, Daryl E. Berry Jr.com. You can see links to my books and uh, you can sign up for courses and classes. I'm actually wanting to really fill up the next OBE uh, course because lately it's usually been like one person at a time. And I'm trying to get like a class. So what I'm doing is I'm doing a promotional where like right now there's 20% off. And from the fifth person on, there's an extra 5% off up to 10 people. So let's say if six people sign up, that's 5% each person. So each one will get 30% off. So if you want to learn how to out of body experience, you can sign up for the two-month course. And I'm working on a bigger promotion so I can try to uh, fill that court, uh, class up. And, uh, and if you, if you want to get uh, forgiving people who believe their urge is flat, you can just go to Amazon.com. Uh, with all my books, you buy the paperback. The Kindle version is free. And it'll go on to more of the practicality of forgiveness and how to apply it to your life and experience inner peace and start to, uh, you know, start to experience bit by bit more of that peace and that love I was talking about that's just, you know, totally universal and unaffected. And again, you don't have to give up your special loves that you have right now. But bit by bit, as you start to give up the hate without even realizing that you start to give up the special love for a love that's beyond what you imagine. So, and uh, that book will go ahead and, and, and uh, you can just get it from Amazon and it'll uh, help you with that. Fantastic. So uh, it's very clearly obvious to our listeners at this point why you're one of, one of our top five favorites, right? Thank awesome. you for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And as you know, you're always welcome back. Awesome. I enjoy being here. I look forward to next time. All right. Well, I'm sure it'll be soon. Have a good night. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks. Welcome. Bye. All righty, Daryl E. Barry, everybody. We just have a few minutes left, Cheryl. What do we got? Um, next week, we have Patrick Keller and Patrick uh, co-hosted a few weeks ago on Paranormal Underground Radio. And he is a paranormal investigator and also the host of the Big Seance Podcast. That's June 30th, next Thursday. So come check us out then on MixLR. And he's also then on the following week because he's hosting the yeah. show. He will he's be like two the guest weeks. and yes. then the host. And then the host. Oh, okay. Mind blown. That's right. Yes. yes. And then, um, of course, we've been talking about it. Our 300th show, July 7th. We may go three hours um, and have a special interview that night. And um, we will be doing some fun stuff. So come check us out July 7th. And then July 14th, we have Karen Dalman on, author of The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication. Ooh. So are we allowed to, like, you know, get, is it going to be like a drunken, spryly thing, you know, for the three on the show? <laughs> hey, what, you no. know, we want to be able to answer the questions, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah Patrick's going to say, so Chuck, tell me about your past. Like, what are you saying, dude? What are you even saying? Wait, wait, I speak from Chuck. What do you say? I got it. Yeah, hang on. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, are we on air? No, but we are looking forward to the 300th yeah, show. And we hope that um, We hope that a lot of you will show up and listen live. It's uh, July 7th, which is a Thursday, um, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. 
other times, other states. And we think we're probably going to go three hours that night. So we're going to start um, at the same time, just go longer at the end. Right. Yeah. So we would love it if you would come and listen live. If you have questions that you would like Patrick and Nicole to ask us, you can email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Um, you can ask questions in the chat room that night. We might even let you call in. Ooh. I want to see what Cheryl picks up for all the little blips and blaps from all the different guests and stuff like that. That would be interesting to see. You know what? We're going to be in a celebratory mood that night. So how can we do anything but have a good time, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hundred episodes like the one you just listened to, where we've had some pretty fantastic discussions, amazing guests. I have learned so much in three hundred episodes. I mean, and I haven't been on all three hundred, but I've probably done more than anybody but Cheryl. Um, and um, I'm a newbie. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the stuff that we've talked about and learned and the people that we've been able to talk to over 300 shows. Well, excuse me, 298. You were 298, Daryl. 298 <laughs> shows um, so far has just been incredible. I, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm oh so excited and grateful that, that we decided to do this little podcast eight years ago. And and so a year for me is just like wow a whopping twelve shows. Oh, a year. What do you right? mean? A one year is twelve oh. shows. We have one a month. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking one a month. Sorry. I thought I'm my a little math tired, was bad. Okay? <laughs> so, no, I'm just teasing right. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you, and you can't include my show because it wasn't really the show. So all right, so four times. I'm sorry. All right, so it was a little bit more than twelve. Yeah, it was a, 10 a little more. bit. You've probably done about, for Paranormal Underground, you've probably done 46, 47 shows, probably. Still so small potatoes. That's a lot. Zip. Yeah. yeah. Like I say, Cheryl's the only one who's done all 300. Nope. Woo! No. I, no. Cheryl, you haven't done... I didn't do one show. We had a guest producer. One oh, that's right. I, none of us have done all 300. That's Carissa, right? You're talking yes. about only Carissa. And I would say I've probably done about 280 of the 300, I would guess. I've probably, I probably missed maybe 20 shows, if that, over the years. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of talking to a lot of people. There's a lot of different people. A few of them are slightly askew, but most of them are good. No, I have just, like I say, it's been such an experience. It's been so eye-opening for me. And, um... It's made me think about and explore things that I, I think I never would have dreamed of thinking about and exploring. So it's been just a huge growth opportunity for me. Uh, I've talked about subjects I personally would never have picked to talk about or learn about. So, yes. It, well, I know. Yeah. There have been a few times Cheryl said, well, this is our guest. And Chuck and I are both like, uh, really? And then the show is <laughs> over and we're like, that was the coolest show ever. Oh, I can't believe I, I love it when that happens. Stuff. Yeah, it's like, whoa, that was really interesting. I never would have picked it in a million years, but you know, boom. So, yeah, that was cool. All okay. right. So, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, whoop, whoop. let's wrap it up. All right. Thank you guys for listening live. Thank you for all of you who are going to be listening in the podcast. Thank you to Daryl Berry, who um, I'm sure will be on many more times as we move ahead beyond 300. Um, and we hope you'll join us next week and also in two weeks, July 7th, for our 300th episode. 
uh, here on MixLR.com, yeah. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. where Chuck lives and other times in other states. Well, sure, you get the nice smooth takeoff. You could, Cheryl, you, just say, you should say, end of the show. Go, Karen, one, two, three, go. Thank no. you, everybody, for listening, and have a good night. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something paranormal.